The mission is simple, to help high achievers naturally eliminate emotional and physical obstacles so they can optimize their life for higher achievement. Welcome. You have just entered the Genesis Zone. Good day and welcome to the Genesis Zone Show. This is Dr. Brian Brown. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on this beautiful Thursday. Um, If inflammation and immune function are synonymous, as I've said many times in the past, and both of these are the root cause of chronic disease and even acute disease or illnesses, Will natural alternative substances like psilocybin help? Well, in today's episode, we'll unpack this topic. Um, Someone listening to uh, the show on my YouTube channel posted a comment after last week's episode. They commented that the episode was really good, but uh, it would have been a great opportunity to discuss the anti-inflammatory properties of psilocybin. Well, I politely explained to uh, the the commenter, the the person listening, that typically I stay on topic. I don't get off topic. If I'm talking about one particular thing, I follow that all the way through and I back it up with evidence from the medical research, medical literature. Uh, So with that being said, I said, you know, we may see this come up in the near future. I may do a show on it. Well, I got to thinking uh, and my wheels got to turning. And uh, so... Um, today I'm bringing you evidence from the research that I did over this past week uh, from the medical literature about whether psilocybin actually does have any anti-inflammatory effects. So I guess it goes without saying, this is where today's episode came from. So keep in mind, again, that I typically talk about hypercurrent data. Uh, that's been published in the past month or so, usually within the past week to 10 days. But this particular journey required a little bit bit of digging uh, back a bit further than a month or so. Uh, Nevertheless, the data is still extremely relevant to the discussion today. In fact, it's it's quite uh, current uh, in that I, I take I took it from about 2008 forward. Most of the research for today's show actually comes from about 2016, 2017. So it's really not that old in, in the world of research as far as research goes. Now, the topic of inflammation management is critically important on many, many levels. Uh, you know my mantra. Inflammation is synonymous with immunity. And both of these are synonymous with acute and chronic illnesses, whether it be pneumonia, influenza, depression, anxiety, addiction, even uh, cancer, heart disease, long Cupid syndrome, or just Cupid by itself, or any of your autoimmune diseases. If you're in the dark about what Cupid stands for, listen to last week's episode to find out, and you'll understand what I'm talking about here. Now, without further ado, let's jump into today's topic. Uh, Back in 2016, there were two uh, double-blind placebo-controlled studies regarding psilocybin that were published almost back-to-back, I mean, within months of each other, in order to settle the question whether psilocybin has any clinical effect, uh, uh, any uh, anti-inflammatory effect, that is. Now, medical research uh, teams at the prestigious John Hopkins University and New York University were responsible for conducting these two studies. Now, as studies go, these were uh, two double-blind 
placebo-controlled studies. Uh, both of these studies were of the best design. That's that's the best of the best that you can get, actually, uh, meaning that they were really, really st- strong studies. Uh, so when results are published from studies like that, you really pay attention to it because they're well-designed studies. Now, researchers were specifically uh, targeting inflammation in the brain as it related to psychiatric conditions, whether it be addiction or anxiety or, or depression, which over the last decade has been identified uh, as a major contributor to the to conditions that I just mentioned. So we know that inflammation has been linked there, but these researchers wanted to see whether or not psilocybin had any effect on that brain inflammation. Now, other researchers have previously established um, that psilocybin raises serotonin through the 5-HT2A receptor. Now, I know that's a bit technical, so don't get hung up on that. Just know that the 5-HT2A receptor is the same serotonin receptor that's stimulated to increase serotonin by the class of man-made compounds known as the SSRI antidepressants like Prozac, Paxil, Zoloft, Selexa, Lexapro, so on and so forth. Now, other previous research, uh, aside from all of this, has determined that antidepressants play a role in treating chronic pain. Uh, Just a fancy way of saying there's a lot of inflammation there going on. Anytime you see pain or pain syndromes, there's a ton of inflammation involved. Now, why does all this even matter? Because uh, it seems like I'm all over the place, right? Well, I'll tell you, it's probably safe to assume that uh, everyone listening to this show today uh, has a computer of some form, uh, be it a smartphone, a desktop, tablet, laptop, whatever. Uh, every single one of your digital devices has a return to default setting, meaning that you can put it back to factory settings. And when things go really bad, sometimes we have to do that. We have to reset our digital devices back to factory settings. Well, researchers at the Imperial College of London back in 2017 discovered a similar process in our brains that they call the default mode network. Now, this is fascinating stuff. They also discovered that when psilocybin is taken, the default mode network coordinates a hyper-connected state. That's their terminology, a hyper-connected state between all regions of the brain. And as a side note, when you see this on a functional MRI or a PET scan, it's absolutely amazing because right now, me doing this show, uh, areas of the prefrontal cortex are lit up. And that's about all you would see on a functional MRI. But had I taken psilocybin before I did this show, which I did not, uh, you would see on a functional MRI, every single aspect of my brain would be would be active. It's communicating with each other. So it's actually just fascinating to see, but um, that's just a sidebar. Anyway, as the effects of psilocybin wear off, uh, remember, we're talking about the default mode network. As the effects of psilocybin wear off, the brain appears to, according to um, you know the, the College of London, the brain appears to reset itself. Okay, this is absolutely amazing, and it defaults back to normal patterns of function instead of the old depressive, addictive, or anxious patterns that the research participants 
previously had. So it seems to just do a reset in the brain. Uh, now this finding is huge by itself, but I know you're asking, Brian, what does this have to do with inflammation management? Well, I'm getting there, so hang tight. The 5-HT2A receptor has been well-established as having antidepressant effects. But did you know that it also has been established to have positive immune modulating effects? And just recently, the 5-HT2A receptor has also been shown to have anti-inflammatory effects. Now, surprise, surprise. Remember my mantra, immune function and inflammation are synonymous and they are like fraternal twins. So how does this work? Based on numerous studies since at least 2008, psilocybin appears to increase the activity of the 5-HT2A receptor. When this happens, a a bad boy inflammatory protein called tumor necrosing factor alpha or TNF-alpha has been, it it gets, it gets downregulated. So with the upregulation of 5-HT2A, by psilocybin, TNF, tumor necrosing factor alpha, is downregulated. Now, let's talk a minute about tumor necrosing factor alpha. TNFA has a bad reputation and has been linked to chronic conditions like asthma, atherosclerosis or uh, clogged arteries, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, both type 1 and type 2 diabetes, and depression, just to name a few. Now, left to its own devices, tumor necrosing factor alpha will upregulate at least at least five inflammatory pathways that are known to cause, cause these chronic diseases and chronic disease conditions. And these are also five pathways, along with TNF-alpha, that have been linked to most, if not all, acute uh, illnesses, especially acute respiratory illnesses and things like that. Now, here are two major challenges that I see at this point. Number one, there needs to be more research specifically about psilocybin's effect on individual acute and chronic disease states. Right now, we we know globally that psilocybin appears through the 5-HT2A receptor upregulation to downregulate these inflammatory cytokines, these inflammatory proteins. But we don't have individualized research saying, hey, if you have asthma or you have diabetes, you have uh, blockage in your arteries, atherosclerosis, if you have that condition, then psilocybin will actually help. We don't we don't have that data, but we do need that data. And I think now that we globally understand it, I think you're going to start seeing more data come out like that to, to look specifically at whether or not it helps control inflammation in these chronic conditions. Um, I, I expect that that's going to be happening within the, in the, in the next year or two. Now, the second uh, hang up that, uh, that, that I've got at this point is that psilocybin is not readily available uh, to the masses yet. It's just not. So with that being said, there, what's the alternative? Well, there, there is an alternative solution, uh, and it has, to, it has to do with epigenetics. Uh, with gene profiling, we can see what a person's genetic tendency toward inflammation is. Now, with, with, with knowledge of this genetic tendency towards inflammation, we can use uh, natural substances that have research to back them up, that we know they, they affect positively these genes. 
we, we know the natural substances that we can add to help improve these inflammatory states or these switches. Remember, I've talked about genes in the past. They're just like switches and epigenetics is, is, is the control of those switches. There are some switches that are bad and they're cut on and we need to cut them off. And there are some switches that are good that are cut off that need to be cut on. Regardless, the positive effect, the net net effect is that we want these genes to function at their highest capability. And now with epigenetic testing being what it is, and I've been doing genetic testing. uh, When I practiced psychiatry, I started doing genetic testing close to 17 years ago. uh, And I mean, my, how time flies. Now it looked a little bit different then. It was very archaic. It was very minimalistic. Now we have a plethora of genes that we can check and uh, understand exactly where a person is when it comes to inflammation. Now, this is truly cutting edge stuff. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Less than one tenth of one percent of medical providers worldwide are doing any type of gene profiling in their clinical practice. Now, here at the Genesis Zone, we begin every single client journey with extensive genetic profiling. And yes, we focus heavily on inflammation. Uh, I'm an inflammation nut. That's why I talk about it all the time on this show. Now, if you're struggling with chronic nagging challenges and haven't been able to get answers that you you really want, you've been to multiple places and and you just pretty much get the same answer or no answer at all. Uh, Maybe it's time to learn about how epigenetic profiling could be the answer. Uh, I created a five-day boot camp called the Gene Hack Boot Camp. And by the end of that five days, you'll have a keen understanding of exactly where you need to focus in your wellness journey or health recovery journey. You'll learn about the exact genes you need to have tested in order to address any hangups that you have. And you'll learn some of my favorite genetic modifying natural treatments that I use every day in clinical practice. Um, and, and, and you'll and you'll and you'll you'll have a grasp of this also that you can begin to feel better and feel fully optimized. That's my personal mantra uh, or my personal goal is that every client that I work with is optimized to the fullest capability that they, they can be. And and cellular at a cellular level, at a genetic level, it's not just good enough to be normal because uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm 52 years old. And at age 52, um, if I wanted to be normalized, I would go the traditional Western medical route and I'd go get lab work done and they would say, oh, everything's normal. But am I optimized? And the answer is no, uh, if I go down that route. So I have to look at alternatives in order to be optimized and function at my highest capability. Um, and, and ultimately, this is so... We can live the life you can live the life you want the way you want. Now, right now, we are uh, running a promotional special uh, for the boot camp, and it's free. Uh, I can't promise how long it's going to be at uh, at the free price, but right now, you get an amazing deal by being able to attend the boot camp for free. Uh, I'm doing this because I want as many people as possible to understand the power of epigenetics, and that's what this boot camp does. So to enroll, I want you to go to uh, drbriangbrown.com forward slash gene hack forward slash boot camp. 
Uh, we'll put the link below. Uh, there you'll be able to register and take the first step to getting answers that you deserve. Uh, tune in next Thursday at uh, noon Eastern Standard Time uh, for our next uh, In the Zone segment, where I'll be sharing my latest the, the latest research and my insights about that research as it relates to optimizing your genes, optimizing your physical and emotional health, and optimizing your wellness journey. Most informed, most trusted, and most grateful you spent this time with us today. Until next time, stay in the zone. I'm Dr. Brian Brown.